You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I am Jesper. And I'm Autumn. This is episode 73 of the Am Writing Fantasy podcast. And the topic of today's episode is opening books. So I guess we need to, I don't know, we need to have something clever to say here as well, Autumn, <laughs> like an opening hook for this episode. Oh, shoot. I've never been good at just coming up with a great opener on the fly. I'm not a stage show uh, actor, actress. <laughs> no, no. And I got distracted because... Uh, when uh, our intro narrator there is uh, saying the intro, <laughs> I was uh, I, I I got distracted because I was thinking about uh, recently we got a transcription service mm-hmm. to do uh, transcripts of every single oh, podcast yes, episode. Which is excellent. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but uh, but I got distracted because every time he sees he now says my name in that intro, I can't help thinking about how the AI is going to get it wrong because. <laughs> I I edited and uploaded all the past uh, transcripts of all the past episodes over the last like week or something, or at least oh half of the yeah, past. Yeah, I gotta get my half. The other half. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I did half time, of them. Yeah, yeah, but every single time the AI comes up with a new variation of how to do my name. I, <laughs> so. That's what's amazing is it's different every time. It's the closest I've seen it. He does a Jesper with a Y, which I thought, okay, that's pretty yeah. close. But one time it was, hey, dude. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's so weird. So I got distracted about that uh, while I was listening to him. <laughs> you were paying attention because you were like, what's it going to say about my name now? I mean, it always spells mine incorrectly in lowercase. And I was just like, well. Yeah. And then would- also uh, <laughs> Bert with an E every yes. time instead of an I. Yes. I always, uh, you know, at least I like, guess at least it comes out a little bit closer than yours but yeah you think i wish we could train it to at least get our names right that'd be fantastic yeah 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 so anyway how are things (laughs) things are going good i'm i'm slowly starting to enjoy um the cabin now that the major construction's done i won't say we're not doing anything but it's we're on finish work so uh, like today i painted the door it was very exciting. You know, we were building, you know, whole rooms and I had to paint a door so it was so easy and, and it was a gorgeous day. We've had beautiful weather in the sixties if nice. you're on the Fahrenheit. So yeah, in the twenties and Celsius. So it's quite lovely, nice weather, and I, I'm getting myself um finally organized. A long time ago I took a leadership course and it's funny how all, many times I actually refer back to this course. It was an 18-month course. <laughs> um, I've even written bo- blog posts because I learned so quickly that if you put 13 would-be leaders in a room together, you mm-hmm. like on a quest group, you have 13 people who want to go on a quest together. It does not work out well. <laughs> you can't have 13 different heads and one body. But uh, no one of the things I learned was time management. And I'm finally, now that I have 
this mental and physical space to do something other than build an entire building that I'm living in, in a quarantine Mm -hmm. pandemic. Um, I've, I've started doing some time management and I got out my book. And one of my favorite things was writing down your to-do list, not just like a massive to-do list, but based on your roles. So I have, I broke up all my to-dos into like, I'm writing fantasy or writing or graphic design. And then I have little things under each of them. So that way you keep everything going because you're not just this massive list. You want to make sure you get at least something done on everything. And I even have stretch goals. The only thing I didn't put in was, um, like relax goals. I think maybe I want to work on a relax goal or a me time. I should add a me goal. Yeah. But, and how um, about rewards? Rewards for yourself when you get things done. That's to me checking it off. I'm such a task-oriented <laughs> person. Isn't that horrible? Um, no, I, I, I'm very similar. I, I, I just love it when I can click done on something. Then it's just like, yes. We're both so sad that way, but we get a lot done. <laughs> Um, so yeah my my reward is crossing things off and usually the stretch goal is something fun like right now uh, you and I were talking about doing trailers last week um, and I put on my my stretch goal is to finally get working on the trailer for my series so that's my that's my I really want to work on this find time to work on this project or maybe one afternoon where it's like yeah I'm gonna just push everything aside and say like I'm doing this because I want to do this so how are things? I know you had a house showing and you wouldn't tell me before the podcast how it <laughs> So I'm dying of curiosity. Well, yeah. So <clears throat> we had, uh, yeah, as we talked about before, I mentioned before, we are in the process of trying to sell our house. It's not <laughs> been easy, that's for sure. The pandemic um, does not help. But <laughs> Well, actually, that was the funny thing because I talked to the real estate agent and he said, and get this, he said, it is insanely busy now, he said. Really? We're working like 70 hours a week, he said. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh be, I, I think it's because people just have more time on their hands now that okay. they, with the pandemic. So they, they've, they're they doing their house shopping now and looking on the internet and say, oh, let's go and look at that house and this house. And, yeah. Or maybe there's... I mean, of course... Are, the, sitting at their own house going, I hate this place. Let's sell it and <laughs> get something else. <laughs> no, maybe it's just been, you know, they've been talking about moving for quite a while and then <laughs> right. they think, okay, let's do it now. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so they're pretty busy. So we had one showing, uh, what is it? One and a half, two weeks back. Yeah. With, uh, it was like, um, slightly well younger couple oh that sounds i sound so old when i say that (laughs) (laughs) don't say that i'm older than you by a couple years so that's not funny yeah no (laughs) okay maybe like 10 years younger than us or something i would say that's quite young um they are pregnant with their first child so i can sort of recognize ourselves 10 years ago (laughs) Um, and uh, they they've been out uh, house shopping, uh, uh, I think, for a while because it sounded like they came back. Uh, as I mentioned on the past episode, we dropped the price a hundred thousand Danish crowns recently, so that helped apparently. Um, so they came back and they had a viewing like one and a half week back, and then a couple of days later, the real estate agent called and said, uh, "Can we get a second viewing?" Because uh-huh. they would like to come back and see it again. So, of course, yes, of course you can. <laughs> that's a, that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, 
and then at the same time they wanted to see another house uh, on this street that the real estate also ha- agent also has for sale. So they wanted to see both of them because they wanted something to compare with. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went and saw the other one is like 200,000 Danish crowns more expensive than ours. It's also slightly bigger. Uh, I think it has one more room or something than mm-hmm. ours. If I remember correctly, I might be wrong on that. But nevertheless, they went there uh, to get a bit of comparison uh, mm-hmm. or perspective. And uh, they were supposed to come here something like half past two that day or something. And he called t- 20 minutes early and say, can, can we come over now? <laughs> uh, and I was like, what? Uh, well, yeah, we, we'll be out of the house in 10 minutes. So then you can come. And, but, and I said to him, well, that was quick. Yeah. Weren't you supposed to be a bit of spend at least half an hour over there or something? Yeah. They say, yeah, yeah. But they're not that interested in this house. So they just, just, they just wanted to see it. So, okay. So they came over to ours. And then, of course, uh, we were, of course, not here. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I talked to the real estate agent afterwards, he said that, the first thing that the lady there said when they entered the house or our house was just like, yeah, let's see what I mean. You know, you're getting a much, much more house for your money here than the <laughs> other one. It was one of the oh. first things she said. So that was good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they had they had their mother with them. Or I don't know if it's the man or the woman's mother. I don't know. But one of the two. Um, and she was also praising the house and saying yeah this is a really good price you're getting a lot of a lot for your money here uh of course we did also just drop the price price as i mentioned so i'm sure yeah. that helps um <laughs> and uh they were basically just as the real estate agent said he said that they basically they were just talking only about the things that they liked i mean there was no critical questions there was nothing hmm. they were just saying all the things that they like um so so that that was good yeah, uh, they have an apartment inside Copenhagen, a uh, two-room apartment that they need to sell. So first, um, so here in Denmark, you do you you can buy a house on condition that you sell your own first. Uh, so basically, you do all the papers and all the you basically sell the house, but no money is transferred until they have sold their apartment, and then there is a time limit time limit on a contract like that. Uh, so that it'll expire at some point if they haven't sold within normally it's like six months so if they haven't sold their place in six months then the contract is either you can extend it or you can uh, basically rip it apart then and say okay that's it um that's interesting yeah and then the only way around that is still that so if somebody comes while you sign the conditional contract if somebody then comes and say well we would like to buy the house and if they don't have any condition, they can actually buy it, even though the other contract exists. So they basically oh, overwrite that contract and then they just buy it. And then the ones who were supposed to buy it or the, that signed a con- conditional contract, well, that's just bad luck. Yeah. So that's kind of how it works here. So he, the real estate agent, was, uh, he was supposed to talk to them over the weekend, uh-huh. uh, but I haven't heard back from him today. <sighs> So now I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what they're thinking. Oh, no. Okay, well, you you can't make me wait until next Monday to find out (laughs) what they're going to do. If you find out this week, you have to let me know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, But we'll see. I mean, all in all, it sounds like they're very positive. Their parents live down here in this same city here. 
So, and they live in Copenhagen, which is like 50 kilometers away. Mm-hmm. So now she's six months pregnant, the lady. So I'm sure that they want to get down here close to the parents, right? Oh, very um, much so, I bet. Yeah. And, and according to what they have told the real estate agent, they are not looking at any other houses or anything in this area. It's only our house that they're looking at. So oh. uh, it should really happen, I hope. But, I uh, hope. but let's, let's see. Let's okay. see. A week on the internet with the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. All right, so Autumn, we doubled down over these past few weeks and we actually put a short course together, didn't we? We did. It was amazing that we've gone from, it seems like we have all these projects that we've been working on for ages and we decided to throw another project in there and get it done in like two weeks. <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Other than making tasks that we can cross off. <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, now that you say that, maybe that was sort of like sub- subconsciously. Let's do something where we can tick off because all the other projects we're having, like we have huge like world building course that. It, well, we, we're moving uh, forward on that, but it's big. <laughs> we have a free course that quite a lot of effort we have a course on email list building which is also a lot of effort so there's so many things so maybe it's just like subconscious play here saying let's do something where we can get it done (laughs) exactly i think it might have been just like we want to win so we did a win and it was awesome so it was good yeah yeah Yeah, so it turned out uh i counted the minutes so there's 86 minutes of Guidance on the key methods to create fantastic characters in that course. It is six modules long until you decided to add a bonus module, Autumn. (laughs) Then it became seven modules long. I just thought it needed just a little bit more, but it wasn't enough for a whole other module. So it's just a little short bonus. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. So basically it covers eight character archetypes that every writer needs to know. We talk about understanding character motivation. We also discuss what comes first, plotting or character development. Mm -hmm. And there is guidelines on point of view characters. We go into character arcs and explain how those works. And then your bonus module, Autumn, it's about breathing life into characters. Yes. So really bringing out their personality and making it, uh, you know, giving that little spice of life that sometimes all the character lists and interviews and sheets and bubble charts just seem to lack. Yeah, so the, there's a lot of good stuff like there. So it, as I said, 86 minutes, so it's, it's, it's rather quick and easy to go through. So it's not like it won't demand hours and hours and hours from you to to uh, to. Ca- you know, get those key methods and get those key learnings. It's quite, quite easy and non-demanding. Yeah, and it's a also, short it is course. yeah, compact. Yes, that's a good word. <laughs> and it's also fairly cheap. Yes, we because it is a short course. Well, we decided to make this one. I mean, it came out of something out of the pandemic and quarantine to help writers uh you know our group voted on it. This is what they wanted to do. We had a special pre-registration discount, but. Even at full price, uh, we are selling it for only $47 because it is a short course and because it is there, you know, as part of something you can do now to keep your writing and advance your skills while you're sitting at home and waiting for the world to restart at some point soon, it sounds like. 
yeah. So the course is available right now, and I will put a link in the show notes from where you can get access to it. Um, and there is also, uh, as we always do, Autumn, we have a 30-day money-back That's guarantee. Right. And, uh, well, it's very rare that anybody takes up on, up, us up on those guarantees there, but uh, but it has happened once in a while, and when it does, we don't ask uh, any questions we just give you your refund and uh, that's it. Yes. Quite easy. Very much. And on to today's topic. All right. Opening hooks. That's right. <laughs> Pre-recording, we were we actually started debating a bit. What do we mean about opening <laughs> hooks? <laughs> well, I mean, there's as we were saying, there's opening hooks to the book, opening hooks to chapters. There's the opening hook to your blurb. Of which hook are we hooking? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, but but I I think that is actually a good uh, place to start. Just defining a bit, what are we talking about when we're saying opening hook? Absolutely. So we decided um, after a brief, oh, shoot, what are we talking about today on the podcast? <laughs> um, that We're what, so professional podcasters. It's amazing. We, <laughs> we we can handle the stress. As, as our students, we just did a student Q&A before this as well. And we are good at answering questions on the fly. So you cannot um, push us off our, our perch of what we know what we're talking about. We <laughs> But we decided we're talking about the opening of books. So this hook is literally ho hooking readers so that when you have someone open up, say, like the sample, read a sample on uh, Amazon to see what's inside, that basically you grab them so they're like, yeah, I'm buying this. I want to see what happens next. So that's the opening hook we're talking about for today. Yeah, so it's things like when your story should take you its beginning, it is how to capture a reader's attention. And uh, I guess maybe we could also touch a bit upon how much detail you should include in the beginning. Uh, Absolutely. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And if not, right. we, as we were talking before, we actually have a booklet on novel beginnings and what should be in there. So if we don't quite cover everything, they can always go to the Am Writing Fantasy website and we'll have that in the show notes as well and purchase the booklet. It's only a few dollars and get anything that we might miss today because, you know, podcasts, we're not going to try to do what we did last week, which was over an hour because that was the book launch podcast. And it was huge because book launches are huge. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was act it it was more than I actually thought initially. It was just like there was so much to say there. <laughs> there <laughs> but, is. We could have split into two, but I sometimes think it's good not to make people wait, get it all over with at once and you have all the steps. Yeah. So where do we start with this? Uh do you think where where what is the best place to start, Autumn? Well, I think um I always I always go with the cliches or the things that you th hear thrown about and I like to dissect them. And one of the things you hear when you're writing is start with action. And so that is true. That is a good hook because you kind of grab the reader and take them with you as you're about to do something. The, the character should be doing something, but what does it actually mean to say start with action? And also what does it not mean? And that's one of my favorites because I do, especially teaching students. Oh my goodness. I, I think over 50% of students start their first sentence with something about the weather. And it's that whole, it was a dark yeah. and stormy night. 
Um, so starting with action is not starting with weather. <laughs> no, but it's tricky because starting with action is also not starting... Because there's also the other way where you're starting with, let's say some somebody's chasing somebody. Right. And when you start reading, you have no clue who's who, chasing who, who why who's is it the important? character? Yeah, you don't even yeah, yeah. know which one are you supposed to care about and yeah. where are you? Yeah, it, there are so many questions right there. <laughs> it reminds me of that awesome scene in the movie Memento where where, <laughs> where he, he, uh, he keeps forgetting. So he's running. And then he's like, he he looks, I, I can't remember if he's looking behind, I think he's looking behind himself, yes. And then there's somebody running as well, and he's run, he's starting to speculate. Wait, am I chasing him or is he chasing me? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so awesome, it's such an awesome scene. And then he turns around and the guy pulls a gun and shoots at him and he's like, oh, okay, he's <laughs> chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. I mean, as a reader, you are basically, if it's not, if it, we're talking about book one, of a series or a standalone book. So we're going to talk about the opening hooks for something that is brand new. The reader doesn't know anything except if they took the time to write, read the blurb, which they probably did before picking either purchasing the book or opening it up to see what happens in that first page to see if it's interesting. And so, yeah, you're, you're throwing a reader into a situation. And so, yes, what kind of action do you want to start with the action where someone is, a gunshot, or since we're talking about fantasy, you know, magic, the dragon's about to eat him. Where do you want to start with action so that the reader is not overwhelmed going, I am so lost. I do not know what's happening. And I think one of the best ways of keeping things clear is maybe starting with action, but not having it as a chase scene, having it as a one character action. And I always like to keep it as something small. It could be as small as being purposeful, you know, a drive to go somewhere to, I know in mine is the character is looking for someone, my first book, uh, Born of Water. So the action is she is sneaking out of a place so that she can go find something. It's very simple. One character, something is going on. It's kind of building the curiosity. And I think that's really going to be the key that we talk about today is all you want to do, the goal of every sentence is to keep make the, the reader want to read the next sentence to see what happens. And you keep doing that long enough, they're going to want to read the whole book. Yeah. And I, I think as well uh, on a slightly personal note, <laughs> because there is also, especially when we're dealing with fantasy here, there is also the um, the thing about sharing a lot about the setting. Mm. Uh, you you mentioned the weather before, but in fantasy especially, it can be like, okay, so they are entering this elven city, and then there is like half a page on, you know, why this city looks like this, or why people are behaving like this, and then well, the two hundred years ago, yes, that exactly. uh, that building over there there was demolished, and they have left it demolished as a reminder of how evil the enemies are, or whatever, you know, all that kind of thing. And it is so easy to do when writing fantasy, and, and because if I had to write my first book today or the beginning of my first book i think overall it's a good book but the beginning of the book does suffer from this there's too much of setting description in the beginning of it 
and of course again it was my first book so you live and you learn but uh but there was too much setting description and and i have had some people or readers pointing it out and and pointing out how also there was too many names in the beginning okay so yeah so they they sort of lost a bit of track on who is important and what what am I supposed to? Who am I supposed to root for? Basically, that that's what they need to know in the beginning. They need to clearly understand. Okay, this is the character that I'm supposed to root for. This is appar- apparently the hero mm-hmm. or the heroine. Uh, so, and they they're doing something, you know. And they're not. I I think we need to define action in a bit of a broader context. Mm-hmm. So action just means that they are proactively doing something. It doesn't mean action in terms of their short fights or guns being shot or anything like that. If you do it right or if you do it carefully, it could be something like that. I'm not saying that you cannot never open a book where some sort of fight or war is going on or whatever. You could do that, but it's a bit more difficult. But I think action needs to be defined more broadly as... It's just a proactive action taken by the protagonist. Right. It's it's almost like a purpose. You have something going on. I mean, if it was your day-to-day life, it is you're searching for your keys. Something is happening, but yeah, it doesn't have to be a chase scene or fleeing from a dragon. It doesn't have to be huge. And I definitely agree. Description from... The world, I mean, the world, especially in fantasy, is almost like another character. It's it is yeah. so important. It's as important as the magic. It's it's just these are our two pillars of what fantasy really is. It has magic and it has this amazing setting with amazing creatures. But when it comes to just those, especially that first page, you want to pare it down to just almost like writing a flash fiction short story, just the details to make it. Interesting. Just the details to layer in curiosity that there is more. You get the flavors, the hints that there's a whole world. There's a whole importance of why these things are there. You might mention that there's, I can't mention the tower that had been ruined. So you might mention there's a ruined tower, but not explain why or where it is. You can explain that later. You have a hundred thousand words to explain what you're setting up in these first few paragraphs. But if you can't get the reader past those few, first few paragraphs, you won't get the chance to explain it all. So those first ones, to me, it's I had a poetry writing class, and this is really almost the essence of poetry writing, is you pare it down to just the essence you need to convey what you're trying to get across. And what it should be getting across is who is the main character, a little flavor of the world, something happening, something curious, intriguing, something that's going to make the reader go... What is going on? Without both going like, oh my God, there's so much stuff going on. I don't know what's going on. But go, oh, there's something. Why are they doing this? What's going on? Why is, you know, what's the story of this? They want to be curious why they're doing things without explaining anything about why they're doing anything. Because you can explain later. Yeah. About the world building as well. It's 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 such a big part of, of this genre, of course, but... I think for a lot of us, a lot of us fantasy writers, we write fantasy because we also love the world building. And hence, it becomes very easy to say in the, or, or to want in the beginning of the book to share some of that because we feel this need to, well, the, the reader won't really understand why 
you know, this elf hate that dwarf over there, unless I also explained that 200 years ago they, there was a war between the two races. And, and well, there mm-hmm. might be some truth to that. But the thing is also that, as you just said there, you have an entire book to share those things. So you can go quite easy in the beginning and then over time seed in, preferably, of course, in 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 action or in dialogue right. uh, about what happened that would be best um but i i picked out an example as well because i think it sort of cements the point that i'm making here mm-hmm. in the uh i i can't remember exactly if the book is the same thing but this is at least from the movie where gandalf first enters the shire mm-hmm. and uh, frodo accuses him of being late do you remember what gandalf replies no shoot i don't oh it's a i i need to i i should almost try to have like a really good wizard voice here but i don't know if i can <laughs> pretty good <laughs> that doesn't sound like gandalf at all actually it all sounds like an evil wizard or something <laughs> no but he says a wizard is never late nor is he early he arrives precisely when he means to that's right and i think that is so excellent because within that one line of dialogue, we now know, aha, okay, this guy's a visit, uh, a wizard, and um, he's he's come to visit for for whatever reason. We don't even know why yet, and that's the curiosity part that Autumn mm-hmm. was just talking about, right? Right. Uh, about why is he coming here? What, what's going to happen? Oh, okay, a wizard. Ah, oh, that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah. As a fantasy reader, we already, but you don't need to do more. Whereas the other part could have been to start saying. Well, Frodo was a hobbit and there was a wizard called Gandalf and he was really looking forward for Gandalf to arrive later today, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? Exactly. You can already see now I'm all, already into info dumping. And then my next <laughs> impulse could be to try to explain how long ago Gandalf last there and how he usually brings some fireworks and, mm. you know, which you start great, explaining. And but it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, and you're, you're not, you're telling and not showing. And I think that's one of the important things. And also, I think not only that, that line gives a sense of what kind of wizard Gandalf is. And you get attitude with that. And you want that as well. That is a huge opening hook. If you have a character that is sparks on page one, where you get this attitude, where you, you get a sense of who they are, that can be so interesting you suddenly want to know more about this character and this person and so that's another great hook and by parrying things down to really like good dialogue good action you just and skipping all the description and like you were saying explaining about the hobbits and what they are and fireworks and wizards by just ignoring <laughs> all of that that's and, not to like oh it <laughs> sounds <is>. awesome <laughs> Do it in chapter five. Don't do it now. Or, or better yet, don't say he wizards always bring fireworks. Have them show them off. You know, you want to definitely keep to the show. Make the characters do things. Don't just sit there and tell the reader about the things that the characters could be doing. That's just, no, don't do that here. Especially in the first pages. And keep your passive sentences to a minimum they should be very good tight verbs and things that are solid and happening yeah that's true and a lot of this stuff that we're talking about here is of course also about 
meeting reader expectations and and by delivering those genre tropes that that readers expecting to to be there i mean in the in the plotting book uh, the we jokingly said uh, so i just picked out this quote from in there so uh, it goes like this quote imagine a restaurant with a large red sign over the entrance reading chinese restaurant mm-hmm. you go inside and find the menu listing spare ribs and hamburgers <laughs> with no traditional Chinese dishes on offer, such a restaurant would have a hard time satisfying its customers, end quote. Yes. Right? Very true. And so, so that's yes. the same thing here for us. When when writing uh, fantasy, we need to deliver those fantasy tropes because they opened uh, a fantasy book uh, just like we entered a Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. in the hopes that we will find something with magic or fantastical creatures and all those kind of things that we love from the genre. So we need to deliver some of that. But it doesn't mean that we have to start explaining where the dragons came from and how the dragon that actually exists in these lands are 1,454 (laughs) years old and um, it's actually rather young for the age of a dragon and so on so uh, you know it (laughs) No, in an opening hook, no thanks. No, no, it's way too much. And even, I mean, I look at that, we've had a discussion about prologues because of the book we're writing together. And I definitely, I, I, we've pared it down to that we think a sentence or two (laughs) is okay. But as soon as you get to a paragraph or two, a prologue is too long. It should be again a little spice i love cooking and i've been cooking today sorry so you're getting all the food analogies <laughs> um just a hint of spice something to get a little bit of seasoning but you know you need to keep it going towards the story you shouldn't be explaining things i know in the novel beginnings and uh, this is sort of a, a good thing if you had an opening line as the demon possessing zeke broke through the door caitlin grabbed a handful of blessed myrrh it's not explaining why Zeke is now possessed by a demon, which demon is possessing him, why will Murr actually do anything, or who blessed it. It's just things are happening, and that's fine. The rest will re- be revealed later. Those are the questions that the reader should have, is like, why is Zeke possessed? Who's What's the relationship there? They're just little curiosity things. You kind of want to find out what's going to happen next without getting buried under all the details of, well, Zeke got in trouble and with school or was doing an incantation and didn't think it would actually work and blah, blah, blah. You don't need to know any of that. Did you just make that up? Uh, That's actually right from the uh, novel, um, the novel beginnings booklet. Oh, right, right, right. That's my quote. Right, right, cool. Yeah, there was somebody talking on in the Am Writing Fantasy Facebook group as well uh, around uh, favorite opening lines. And of course, now I can't remember the exact <laughs> quote, but it was something like somebody said that the, what they liked the most was some something along these lines. And I'm I'm gonna butcher it a bit, so sorry about that. But it was something like, "It's the first of June, and somebody has to die today." Oh yes, <laughs> something I... like that. Yes, and I can't. I can't think of the book that that one's from. But yes, no, that I, a I can't. Very either. good but, one. But that's a good start. You know, you'll be like, okay, this is interesting. Yes, <laughs> and that was. And to me, I think we can talk about a good opening and a good hook. But I think if you're writing and you're in your manuscript, do not 
sit there and go over your chapter one again and again and again, trying to get it down to your first perfect hook, write your manuscript and then come back and then start looking for the gem. I know when I wrote my debut novel, I actually cut three chapters and it took me, I had to write the whole thing out, um, do some editing, realize tweak things and a whole bunch of other stuff. And then I started looking at the beginning saying, where is it supposed to begin? And I realized I had three chapters of just drivel that I had to write to get out of my head and just cut it. And it didn't lose a damn thing. And it actually improved a ton to suddenly Mm. just cut out the first bit, the explanation and start there. And I've read, you know, I've helped other authors. I've read some other things and I know one, I think it was like the third paragraph in and it had a great opening line of, Oh, I can't even find it now, but it was something like, you know, today Caitlin was going to join the, you know, something, uh, oh, shoot, it was something bad, too, you know, it was like, you know, traitors or something, she was going to become a traitor mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, today Caitlin is going to become a traitor. Oh, that is, that's interesting, but it was buried like three or four paragraphs down. It's like, well, get rid of the other stuff, start with that, that is, that's exciting, that is like, wow. What's going on? And if you can find that, that's great. And most likely you have it. If you've written your book and you have your manuscript, it's in there. You just have to go and, you know, sort through the hay to find the needle. You'll find it. It's in there. But don't worry about starting your first draft, your manuscript with the perfect hook. Write first and then come back. And that's part of the editing is to find out where where you put it because it's in there somewhere. Yeah, that's a good point. I just want to pick up on that in a second. But before I forget, I just wanted to mention as well that uh, regarding the prologue, um, we actually, or I actually in the past recorded a full video where I talk about how to write a killer prologue. So I will also add a link to that video in the show notes. And if anybody is curious about that, then you can, it's on YouTube, so you can go and check it out. Um, so it's, it's an older one, but, uh, the points in there are still good. So you can go and watch that one if you want, but yeah, just coming back to what you were saying there, I I think that there is a really, really important point around the tendency. And I, I think most authors actually have the tendency to set the first chapter or the beginning of the book too early rather than too late. I agree. Um, we often start with all the buildup. Uh, if I do my own example again uh, with with my first book, the 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 one first one I wrote there that I mentioned earlier as well, I I could actually have made it worse <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the beginning because initially my plan was to start the book so the character uh, the the protagonist she's pregnant mm-hmm. and they uh, she and her husband to be are going to this city uh that they live quite outside they they're like this they're kind of elves in a way but they're not elves but kind of but so they live in their own cabin probably like i I can't remember i think it's like half a day's walk from the city okay in the forest and uh they don't quite get along that well with uh with the people in the city or the protagonist doesn't so that that's why they live out there but they have to go and visit his parents to tell her tell them about the fact that she's pregnant mm-hmm. and my initial thinking was 
because you always hear this um, advice out there about you should show the character in their everyday life in the beginning. And when I first started out, I thought, oh, okay, so I'll put them in this cabin out there in the woods. They can just be cooking some food or breakfast or something before they have to leave to go to the uh, city. And luckily enough, <laughs> I caught myself there and I thought, but how is that interesting? You know, so, so okay, so I'm going to have an opening chapter with people eating food and, and saying, okay, are you ready to go? Yeah, I'll get my things. And <laughs> it's just so boring. Right. <laughs> Well, I so, think yes, yeah. there's definitely a tendency, I agree, that um, we want to start. Sometimes we need it to get ourselves into the story as authors, but I definitely think it's something that you can go back and cut because it's got to be, it's got to be at least enough of a, it's got to be an everyday life thing, but it's also got to be movement and something happening and something that's got to tie to like the inciting incidents and the plot. That's already got to be kind of bubbling up and like we said, the character has got to be fully fleshed out. Maybe you don't know your character that well. And so, you know, our character course, we talk about making sure your character is really solid and vivid and and fully formed so that when you start even that first sentence, that attitude, that something comes through that is gripping and really engaging for the reader to say, oh, you know, you're, there's no fuzzy grayness in this character. This character is pretty much um, solid 3D and colored and we're good to go. Yeah, because that's the other part of it. You, you, and, and that's what you're alluding at there as well. But you, can, you can also start the story too late. Yes. <laughs> so this stuff is really not that easy. No. You can start too early, you can start too late. Because if you're starting too late, the problem is that you might be confusing the intro with the inciting incident. Right. And that's not the point either. No. So you cannot start so late that you're already into the inciting incident because that sort of skews the entire plot structure of the novel. So that's not going to work either. No. So I think that the way we describe it in our plotting book is basically think as the introduction as sort of a mini story on its own. Yes. So it's like a bridge that reaches from the first page and towards the inciting incident. So it's this little mini story where something will happen that will then take you towards that inciting incident in an interesting way yes. that piques the reader's curiosity along the way. And that's that's really the trick of it, is to make sure that, one, you keep the curiosity going, but also that you have a clear goal in mind. And with the mini-story, that gives you that goal. So th th there's something specific happening there. Um in in just to use that one book again, or my first book, there's an example again, because now I already started it, so I might as well keep <laughs> going. But, uh, but there, for example, I actually have a sort of a little mini story in there in that once they get into this city that I mentioned before, um, they in the city, they all live, uh, they, they have platforms up in the tree, like quite far above the uh, forest bed. Mm -hmm. And they they they're they're having this festival on this point in time when they get there and the kids running around up there and whatnot, and at some point a kid actually falls off the platform, mm -hmm. and the protagonist then jumps off the platform as well, and saves the kid, but she's of course pregnant, so that's not a good thing to do, and they fall all the way down to the ground, <sighs> and uh, there you see there is a little mini story there already. Right. Yeah. So I always like to say the the mini story, the conclusion of the mini story, whatever plot that is, 
is basically the inciting incident. Whatever the character is trying to do, in, in your example, you know, save the kid, it turns out wrong. And that is what basically sparks the inciting incident. So it's all related. It, it builds into the plot. And mine is, like I mentioned, the main character is sneaking out to see a girl with magic that she had, for you know, didn't get a chance to grab earlier because that's her job as a priestess. She's supposed to collect other potentials uh, to be taken in to the elemental church. And so she just didn't do it early. She froze. She's young. She froze. She didn't do it. So she's trying to rectify her mistake. And that's all the whole mini story is basically trying to rectify her mistake. But of course, when she gets the girl, it all goes to crap. And that <laughs> sparks the entire 105,000 word novel because her mini story goes wrong. And that's basically, that's a great way of showing the world, showing a full fledged character, showing a little bit of action without hitting your reader over the head with this plot and this world and all this big stuff that. They should care about, but you haven't made them care about it yet. You shouldn't tell them to care about it. You should show them these are characters you're really going to like and show that in that little mini story. And by the time their curiosity is hooked, the inciting incident happens, and then they just have to know how the character is going to survive this. Yeah, so writing the opening hook is, uh, well, it's much harder than it seems. It's really good. It is very often what determines if the reader will dump the book or not. Unfortunately, they will make up their mind within a few pages and oh, that's it. So we will cover this topic in much more detail on how exactly to build this mini story and what to think about, how to introduce the characters and all of that stuff in much more details in our guidebook on how to plot a novel when that comes out in probably a few months' time, I would say. Soon. <laughs> yeah, well, we keep saying that. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, for now, at least, I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. And uh, next Monday, if all goes according to plan, uh, the women are again taking over the podcast Woo-hoo! feed as, as Autumn has a very awesome guest lined up for you. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on patreon.com slash amwritingfantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday.